0: Welcome, guys, to another episode of The Lifestyle Project.
1: Welcome, welcome. So excited for you to be here where we show you our version to living an abundant lifestyle, hey, Mo? We sure do.
0: We sure
1: do. <laughs> guys, we're super pumped. We've got Miss um, Kelly here from Lifestyle Finance. We decided to get Kel on and to, I guess, share her story on where she's come from and where she is now and what she is doing for people, I guess, all across this country in terms of, finance, obtaining them finance, why finance is so important, good and bad finance. Um, Yeah, we're super pumped to have you, Kel.
0: Thank you so much. And yeah, welcome, beautiful souls that are listening. I'm super excited to be having this chat with you both because our business growth, like I guess our combined business growth has been so intrinsically sort of tied together. I still remember when we were first talking about using personal loan finance And you were promising me the moon and you weren't the first person to promise me the moon. However, you were the first person to deliver on the moon. So it's an absolute honor and a privilege to be um, chatting with you guys. And I guess, you know, my background came from coaching and personal development and never in a million years did I think that I was going to be owning the finance brokerage because in the traditional sense of my understanding of finance or what finance broking was, was that it was just... So 3D, stuck in the mundane, like people not. When I think about it, I kind of think about like little bit Wolf of Wall Street, that like wolfy, wolfy, that's the kind of like <laughs> that I had about the industry. Anyway, and I kind of ended up in there by accident because I was broke. My best friend had a brokerage. She was like, you know, like I know you're a great coach, but I know you're having cash flow problems. Why don't you come um, learn finance? Worst case scenario, if your coaching business doesn't work out, you'll have something to fall back on. However, so I did and it wasn't the business wasn't working out. It was just that I saw, I was just kind of getting the nudges to stay in finance. And at the time it made no sense because we were just financing bikes and boats and cars and nothing all that exciting until we realized that we could put personal loan finance behind um, business products like yourself and also online coaching programs. And that's when the whole thing flipped on its head because most people are really comfortable with using hex to pay for university. But what about the real life things that actually have you be able to get the tangible tools and skills to be a healthy, functioning, emotional human being in the real world and the practical business skills that have you grow a business? Because, like, I know firsthand, like, the amount of people that have gone to uni and done business degrees and have done nothing with it versus people that have invested in coaching programs with, like, hands-on business stuff they've grown exponential businesses like yourself so that's how i stayed in finance and i saw the opportunity there and i thought well rather than going back into coaching i'm going to stay in this space and help solve the problem that had me go down the path of finance in the first place
1: yeah definitely and i really love that you said at the end there to solve the problem because i think even when we started our journey in this online space it was an issue of ours as well was how do we obtain finance to be able to put that towards business? Yeah, it was that missing
0: piece we didn't have. Definitely, Mm -hmm.
1: and I think there's so many people out there that have this weird assumption that, oh, wow, okay, for me to start a business, I'm going to need, you know, a massive deposit or I'm going to need collateral. I'm going to have to have a a home with a lot of equity. I'm going to have to put, you know, half a kidney on the table to be able to move forward, you know, with starting a business. And I guess, you know, as you said, once once we kind of gelled together and we met and and we realised what I guess the both of us could do for each other and especially what you could do for our members and help them move forward, um, you're right, everything kind of flipped upside Mm. down and we've just, you know, I guess sprung into this brand new world, which is just awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So and like I've still got, I still remember like a couple of the people that are in your team under you, Literally six months ago, saying, doing the last finance for them, and they're saying, Because of this, I can now retire my wife. She yeah. no longer has to work at the job she doesn't like, which was nursing. And we all know that, like, the challenges that the medical professionals have faced mm-hmm. now. And because of being able to take that small investment, that $10,000 investment, turn it into a business. Commit themselves and apply themselves, he's now in a position to give his wife that opportunity of, you know what, babe, if you don't want to stay in this space, you can leave. I've got you. And for me, like, that's why we do this, right? Like, that's it to give people that opportunity to create life on their terms. And most people, like, (laughs) most people don't have $10,000 lying around, but they can afford $53 a week. And when finance becomes involved, that's all it takes to change your life. That's powerful. Yeah, definitely. It's that little amount instead of that big lump sum that makes things a lot more reasonable and affordable for people.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I guess, Carol, what's what's your version on obviously good finance and bad finance? Because I know a lot of people have, you know, issues with, I guess, credit and
0: they're scared. To you get.
1: know, I know when I was eighteen, I was getting every week a letter in the mail from a bank giving me a credit card and I took a few of them and made some really crappy mistakes and you know I kind of look back on my life now and be like I wish I knew now or what I know now back Mm -hmm. then because I would have made some really really different decisions so I guess you know good finance and bad finance what's your kind of take on it all
0: yeah great question I think with any finance key to it is know who you're getting in bed with And what I mean by that is every finance has its time and place and when it's used for that purpose, it can be used really powerfully. But if you misuse it, that's when you can get yourself in all sorts of trouble. And you're right, banks are sneaky. Like even I hate looking online and when I'm like look at how other finance companies are offering their interest rates because it's the biggest lie and what they do is that they – show you the lowest possible rate you could get if you if you have the kind of profile that I like to call the myth, mythical unicorn, which is where you're asset-backed, you've been at the same house for 15 years, you've been in the same job for 15 years, you've had like one loan, you've got perfect repayment history, then, maybe then and only then would you qualify for that lowest advertised rate versus as opposed to how they actually really do score your your profile and assign your rate to you but to answer more specifically like what is good finance and bad finance one well understand who you're getting in bed with and what you're wanting to do with that finance so and most importantly the finance that you're getting is it taking you directly towards your goal so if you're using finance for instant gratification because You can't wait till you get paid next week and you want those new pair of shoes. So you put it on the credit card or the latest hairstyles come out and you can't really afford it and you go and you know put your new hairdo on your credit card or your shoes or whatever else it is. That's not good use of finance. All that's doing is encouraging to spend money you don't have and you're charged (laughs) extortionate interest rates. Like they could be anywhere up to 23.99% on a credit card. However, if you're using a credit card, if you're using um, personal loan finance, if you're using like, something that's got an interest-free period on it, and you pay it off in that interest-free period, that takes you towards your goal, whether it be investing in yourself, investing in online business, um, anything that's going to give you like, a physical return on investment, that's good use of that money. It's just most people aren't taught to think about credit cards and personal loans that way, that they're seen as like shameful. However, if you're using mortgage finance, that's seen as good debt because you're purchasing a house that you might have to wait forever to get a decent return on investment on. But when you use personal loans, credit cards and interest-free periods to invest in you, that's a way better investment. And it's just having that mindset switch by really going, okay, well, You know, what am I investing in here? And what's my ability to create return on investment? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Mm.
1: And I know when I talk to people, obviously, within the online space and what we do, I I do talk about good debt and bad debt. And, you know, the way that I frame it is you're using someone else's money to fund something that could potentially change the trajectory of your whole life, you know, compared to where you you know, obviously we all need finance and if people can't afford to buy a car outright, they obviously go through finance, but you purchase a $60,000 car and you drive it out the door, it's $10,000 depreciated almost already, you know, not including the interest that you've got to pay on it. So it's kind of, I say to people, like if you're okay with doing that, you should be more than okay with, you know, asking a lender to help you start something that's going to be an asset and get your family to a better place. And Molly only said before, she touched on... Um, what Robert Kiyosaki does and we were listening to something a few months ago and for every for every million dollars that he earns he borrows another 4 from the bank you know and he, so he's smart. he's using someone else's money to build these assets that It is long, he's got like three and a half thousand properties or something insane like that.
0: Portfolio is just, and it's, he's
1: asset rich. Yeah. You know, and it's, he's using leverage, he's he's leveraging someone else's money, which is just so intelligent. But people just get so freaked out of debt. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in so much debt. Well, are you in good debt or are you in Mm -hmm. bad debt? If you're in bad debt and you've just got a shit ton of liabilities, well, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really, I really like that you bring up that point about how wealthy people use other people's money to grow and scale. And it's because that's that shift in mindset. Like I don't even like to think about it as debt anymore. I'm also like to think about it as an investment where my investor has asked me to give them a little bit extra than I originally borrowed to say thank you for giving me access to the funds that I needed to bring my dreams into reality now. Because if I didn't have access to that, I wouldn't be able to do it. And for me to pay an extra, like, I don't know, depending upon what it is, 5%, 10%, 15%, for me to be able to do that now, I'm okay with paying that little bit of gratitude money. Because if I had to do that, the long, hard way to save or maybe get a capital investor that would want half of my business or borrow money off family that sometimes comes with that invisible emotional interest, which you never know when it's going to come on the table and ask to be paid. Like I would much rather be using finance. This gives me the permission to manage it how I like, and I'm okay with that little bit of extra gratitude payment. And at the end of the day, debt's only bad if you can't make the repayment. Yeah, If you can make the repayment comfortably and you feel aligned with the spending, then that's abundant finance. If you can't make the repayment and you misused it for its intended purpose, I call that scarcity finance.
1: And I think it gives people the opportunity as well to possibly keep whatever safety net that they may have at bay. And I know that was a big thing for me is I needed to see a certain figure in my bank account to feel safe, whether that be you've got two months covered or six months covered or whatever it is, right? Everyone's going to have a different number or whatever. But I think it's so important that you you kind of look at it that way as well. You use someone else's money, you keep your safety net there, you're safe because it's there still. And as you just said, if that weekly repayment can be met on time with no scarcity around it, it's it's a recipe for success. Like it's, it's perfect. Everyone's happy, you know? Yeah
0: yeah exactly right um obviously we use yourself for our finance for our businesses um Mm -hmm. a common thing that i've noticed as to why people get declined is for them not being in a job long enough yeah so did you want to touch on that a little bit i think that might be helpful for people yeah sure so there's a couple of things like common things that i see in terms of why applications won't go through so it's really interesting times given what's been going on, the, going on in the world with COVID and people being like in full-time jobs yet not being able to work and getting disaster payments and let's just like take that and put that into a, like a totally different space of conversation and if we're just looking at like normal run-of-the-mill. If you're part-time employed or you're full-time employed, typically we can still manage to get you finance. If we've got employment contracts and you've literally changed from one job to another, we can usually find some kind of solution for you. I wouldn't recommend going to the bank yourself or doing this yourself. Get a professional broker to help you because we understand all the loopholes. Um, if you were to try and do it by yourself at that stage, you would definitely have issues. Like if you're applying for a credit card, they'll just knock you back straight away. they would want to see you at least there three months. Casuals are a little bit different in terms of... <laughs> Casual employment, you can be laid off at any point. There's no real security in your income. So with casuals, they like to see you have at least six months consistent income from that company before they'll lend to you. Sometimes there's an exception, but very, very rarely, depending upon the industry. And then they would probably be the biggest things to be aware of there, But and self-employed people as well. Self-employed people who write everything off and don't have good accountants can really struggle getting finance because what's on your tax return is literally what the bank says is that's how much play money you have left over to have finance with. And if you've got 20 grand there, but you're making 400K, the bank's going to go, well, you've only got 20K, can't lend to you. Uh, However, we do have ways around that with accountant letters. And again, don't do your own finance, get a professional if that is your situation. And then the second thing that I want to speak to on this, which I see more common than employment stuff, is banking conduct and repayment history on existing commitments. So what I mean by that is banks now have this thing called positive reporting. And it came about about two years ago, and it was because what people were doing, they'd have a credit card with Westpac and NAB, and then they'd go over to ANZ and apply for a loan and not tell them about the other two credit cards, get a loan, and then find themselves... Um, in a place of struggling with repayments because they'd have so much debt. But because banks couldn't see what was going on with other companies, they would just have to take things at face value or what they saw on bank statements if they were asking for bank statements. So what they did, they created positive reporting, which now all the banks opt into And every single financial commitment you have with any other financial organisation all shows in this positive reporting and they grade you with how well you repay. So if you repay everything on time, you get a zero, they love you. And that helps your comprehensive credit score go up, which means you can get cheaper money further down the track. However, if you're late on those payments, and I mean because your credit card was due on the 23rd and that's when you paid it, but the BPAY took a couple of days, that can register as a one as you paid that late, even if you did pay it late. So what I recommend with this is if you do have existing finance commitments, if you've got credit cards... Just check when the repayment dates are due and make sure you've got things on direct debits and credit cards. You're always paying a couple of days before the due date to give money time to clear because that will protect your credit file and put you in a better position for lending moving forward. And then the final thing is with your bank statements. Make sure all your direct debits and scheduled payments are coming out cleanly and you don't overdraw your accounts because if a bank is looking at this It's one of the first things they look for. And if they're seeing lots of direct debits bouncing or you're continuously overdrawing your account without an overdraft, they'll knock it back straight away for poor conduct. Wow.
1: Amazing advice. Thank you so much for that. Mm. Um, uh, A couple more things I wanted to quickly go over. Um, The first one is, this one really excites me because when I speak to people and they're like, I've already got this and this and this, I know your team has been able to consolidate everything into one lovely little package and you know sometimes actually include the business into it and sometimes even have repayments a lot cheaper mm. than what they were originally on Winning. which means they've actually saved money which is just mind-blowing they've yeah. saved money and at the same time they've been able to start a business and on no less less repayments yeah. overall per month than what they were originally on which is that's just awesome in my opinion.
0: Yeah. So our like our biggest intention is that when we speak to our clients to the very best of our ability, we put them in a better financial position than they were before we spoke to them. So we don't look at our clients as transactions. We look at them holistically. We look at what's going on for them in a full financial scope. And if they've got some credit cards, they've got some other small personal loan debts, we try and consolidate them. We've also, because we do so much volume with our lenders, they give us like special offers all the time, just relevant to us where we can price match, rate beat. We can like consolidate car loans onto cheaper cheaper um, rates. There's just so much we can do. And what we find is if we can consolidate for your clients and put everything in one, what they were, even if they just keep the original amounts that they were paying against their existing commitments and put this on this one new loan, not only are they better off from a cash flow perspective, but they pay that loan off so much faster and most of our lenders let you pay out for zero fees for paying out early anyway. They love it. So there's so much flexibility with it and this is the benefit of using personal loan finance versus interest-free credit cards or credit cards because, again, If you're outside the interest free period, it's going to bite. Or if you're using credit cards, you're liable for that interest straight away. Or usually.
1: Yeah, definitely. Awesome. And I guess my last question is for, for anyone that's, you know, apprehensive or a bit scared about it or, you know, just dubious about finance in general. Can you just quickly take them through how easy the process is from like, Literally, when we meet them and speak to them about whatever opportunity that you know they want to embark on, we mention that we have finance. Just from that process to approval, um, is just so smooth and simple. You know, not just for us, but for the and clients the as well. And positive feedback we
0: get yeah. as well is amazing. So we'd like to make it as painless as possible because I know most people are they're afraid of banking and the finance sector because. Most people talk to them in quite an authoritative way and they're always trying to pull them down a peg to make them kind of like mm, not so much feel disempowered by the process but put the bank in control of the process whereas we're the complete opposite. We like to educate our clients. We like to hold their hand all the way through it. Usually from once you've sent us through through someone, we contact them within 24 hours. Usually takes us about a 20-minute phone conversation to grab their application. They send us through some documents and usually within 48 hours from that point, we can have the finance cash in bank for them. And it's really simple, really painless and anything that's going on within their credit file, within their profile, we educate them along the way to not just empower them from a financial perspective but empower them from a space that they feel confident navigating the financial landscape. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. And yeah, I mean, we've used you guys firsthand for years now and it's it's been such a smooth ride. So, appreciate everything that your team and yourself do. And um,
0: Where can people find you, Kel?
1: Yeah, where can they find you?
0: Yep, so through you guys or <laughs> um lifestylefinanceco.com.
1: Yep. Awesome. Well, okay. really appreciate your time thank and you thank for you so on. much for educating, you know, the viewers and listeners on finance and good finance and bad finance and how to change your life with finance
0: yeah, my pleasure thank you so much for having me thanks awesome
1: Cal. thank you